finally, we can trust the wizard in August. It's the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, once again for game week four of the new Premier League season. It is episode 101, 101, uh, a significant number because there's actually no current or past Premier League players on that number of goals. Of course, there's players surpassing it, Lukaku on 102 and uh, the legendary Letizia on 100, but no one on 101. But joining me again for another episode on the 28th of August, it is the Iceman. That's a fantastic set you've just found out there. Well done. Well done, mate. I was going to say, did you enjoy that trivia? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I like it. Set us off as we yeah. mean to carry on. Yeah. That's good. like it. Keep you've it up. It. Keep it up, yeah. I've got no more stats. <laughs> Great. Welcome back, Iceman. How was your How has your week been? Are you feeling stressed post-weekend or are things looking pretty rosy for you? Um, I am feeling a little bit stressed to be honest, and most of it's due to FPL, but we'll get into that in a minute. There's actually no other stress in your life, it's just FPL right now. Uh, no, my, the rest of my life is absolutely brilliant, it's just FPL. Wonderful. Okay, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Speaking of which, we've got another fantastic guest on with us this week. It is none other than FPL Stag, known to many. Welcome, Stag. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, guys. It's great to be on here. Great to have you on board. I've got to say, hearing the word stag brings me much trauma from my stag do, which the Iceman bullishly organised for me in the past year. But uh, two, I'm two of them. Past that. Two of them I organised for you. There was, there was two stags. Two stags, sorry. Yes, two stags. We've only got one stag on, and that's enough for this episode, though. So, stag, tell the listeners a bit about yourself, how you got into FPL, and, and how you've been doing this season. Well, uh, congratulations to you guys um, reaching 101 episodes, by the way. I thought you were going to start talking about 101 Dalmatians for a second when you were starting the intro. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was like, which way is this going? Anyway, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, so my name is Anthony. Most of you know me as FPL Stag, as you've said. My main FPL content that I produce is a weekly article called Stag's Take, which I do for Roto World. You'll find that on my Twitter feed at FPL Stag all the time. Um, it comes out every Thursday or Friday, depending. Um, I've been into FPL since I was quite young, actually, when I was reading football magazines as a kid, and there was a fantasy game attached to that. It was Match Magazine, if any of that has read it. And then as time went on, I started playing the FPL, the official FPL game in school, and I've been playing it pretty seriously now for, I guess, this three seasons completed. This is my fourth year where I've had the Twitter account and I'm posting articles and things. To be honest, posting on Twitter and posting articles has uh, led to a fall in my rank. My best was actually reached the year before I started my Twitter account when I finished around 12k. And since then, I've kind of been battling groupthink and I've been fighting my way back into the top uh, 50k now. Last season, I was about 45k, I think, off the top of my head. So it's still a fairly impressive finish, though. Definitely like that and clearly lots of activity on Twitter. Um, So anybody in our community that wants to get involved with Stag, please, please follow We're going to find out a bit more about your team this week, Stag. But first of all, I need to leave with the FPL headlines. So, Iceman, five headlines to to announce. The first headline being Alonso. Is he now essential again? Eating my hat on that one. Hazard starting to rear his FPL head. Is he relegating Pedro? More on that later. Second headline, replacing the redded Richarlison. Now, initially, it looked like Walcott was the man to go for here, but actually a few more midfielders in that price bracket really performed over the weekend. We're going to get down to that. Arsenal were victorious, but actually, was it pretty fruitless for FPL managers? What do we do about the Gunners? 
United seemingly are offering nothing front to back at the moment and there's no guarantees from City, although can they actually be halted? So we'll get into a bit more around that later. With that said, let's see how our surgeons for this podcast got on in this game week. So let's go to Stag first. How did you uh, How did you fare? Not too badly, not too badly. Pretty much bang on average with 49 points, which wasn't the worst although I was coming into that with my wild card. Uh, so I, I burnt my wild card just to try and build on a str- the strong start that I had that had brought me to around 400k in the first two game weeks. Yeah. Unfortunately, that didn't quite work out, and I did end up with a small red arrow, which left me at around 450k or so, but I'm I'm pretty okay with that. I have the squad that I wanted. I wanted to clear out the dross from my early team and buy a team that nobody could afford whilst I could still afford it by wildcarding that week earlier. But that did mean that I sold the likes of Josh King and Marco Arnautovic, who actually returned. Meanwhile, a lot of my players, such as Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang, both of whom came in, didn't perform for me. However, I did get points from Benjamin Mendy and his mysterious two bonus points, uh, Andy Robertson, Mr. Golanzo, and of course I had Salah captain as well to save my blushes. Yeah, I think Salah probably rescued quite a few people this week, myself included in that. And actually... um I, I was one point better off than you this week. Uh, I got 50, so I got bang on average. Again, I had Alisson, Robertson, who's turning into a top pick this season, Salah King, and Zaha performing the best for me there. Um, I'm currently sat disappointingly in 745,000. So in the top million, though, and there's room to build from there, I'm not panicking yet. Ice man. My week is uh, absolutely terrible. I only I scored eleven points under the average. I think uh, so, say eleven points full stop. Then. <laughs> it's no uh, heart attack. So I got thirty nine in the end. I, I chose not to do anything. I chose to rely on Mares and the likes of Coleman, Van Anholt. Obviously, I had the Richardson red card. I did captain Salah, so I saved something, and I kept King. Which, if I didn't, God, I would it would have been a really terrible score. At the moment, uh, it's not dropped me too. Far. I'm at overall rank of 247,000. I did quite well the first two weeks, so I'm hoping uh, a few transfers this week will make up for it. Yeah, so still, again, Iceman, just setting your team up for the rest of the season. It was one of those weeks, wasn't it, where a lot of people would have backed Aguero and been hit by that. Yeah, I've got hit all over the place, you know, with Mane and Mares and Gray, all these players. No one performed for me other than King and Salah. I actually had a friend who I spoke to. They made two transfers. They put, let's say, they put Kante in this week, and they put uh, Aguero in for Kane. And the, the players they took out uh, went and scored. So a typical week in FPL. I'm sure that's happening to lots. Um, let's go through our mini league though. So in tenth place we've got Cloggerhead FC, Vinny Trainer. Uh, in ninth place we've got Neil Thompson, Evans above. Eighth place the Spanish Armada, Adrian Condi. Seventh, we've got, I can't pronounce your team name, but it's John Olchin. Sixth place is Anfield of Dreams of Mark News. Frata Fruity, Fred Allenson is up into fifth. Good game week score of 72 there. Diraj Diraj in fourth place. James Smith in third. Chris Wood in second and still up top. It's being on out of it. It's Andrew McKinnon who got a game week score of 54 and is on 268 points overall. Nice, very solid. You also had Charleston with a red card like the rest of us. Stitching all of us up. How do we replace that man? Let's get down to that. Um, now, Iceman, before we get into the game week fixtures, you will know the Slack channel promoted and prompted a new feature that went down an absolute storm on the podcast last week. Mm-hmm. So join us as we return to Icemandia. 
This is exactly what it sounds like. So, Iceman, I've got another question coming to you from the channel. Um, that, that is the sound of relaxation snow in the background for anybody that needs a hypnotic for FPL. So, Iceman, a couple of questions for your homeland. Is it true that non-bearded ladies are caged and displayed as circus attractions in Icemandia? <laughs> um, this sounds like it's come from Brett. It's not Brett. It's not sexy. Maybe it's Brian then. They, they're picking on me now, aren't they? They're trying to, trying to halt me and put me on the spot, so I'm under pressure. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say it's true. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, second, and a supplementary question. Uh, what was the reaction back home when they discovered you had got engaged to be married to a non-bearded lady? <laughs> uh, they cast me out, and uh, that's why I'm currently living in Southampton. I wonder if, if Ice Mountain is a metaphor for the Isle of Wight or something like that. But, uh, could be. Okay, well, thank you for your questions. That was indeed from Brian. Anybody that has a question for the Iceman's Icemandic roots, pop it on Twitter, and uh, we can put it to the big man next week. We really need to close that feature off. <laughs> the Slack channel has spoken. That's one of the benefits of being a, a Patreon follower on the podcast. Uh, should we talk about football? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Right, so chaps, it's the last game before we all get the really frustrating international break where all our players get injured and it crocks everything we're planning. Having said that, let's stay positive. The first game is on Saturday, the 1st of September, we had the 12.30 kickoff. Thank the Lord this week on my Sky subscription, I don't have to watch Newcastle. Although they slipped on the 5.30 game on BT Sport. How are they doing this with those strikers? <laughs> um, God, I'm, I'm frustrated about that, aren't I? Right, let, let's um, Leicester versus Liverpool. So, Stag, I'm going to come to you now. What players do you like in this fixture? Well, with Verdi still suspended, I'm kind of looking at Ricardo Pereira first and foremost from the home side in that fixture. Um, Pereira was one of my favourite choices coming into the season, given that he just had a, he seemed to have a pretty good record. And then in pre-season, he was playing as a right winger. And so I saw that and I put him in my team from game week one, which handsomely yeah. rewarded me in game week two. And Leicester's fixtures after this game are absolutely brilliant. They play only Arsenal out of the top six between now um, this game coming and game week 16. It's ridiculous. So with that in mind, Ricardo Pereira is on my is definitely one that I would be recommending to people. He's getting forward and he has the most touches of all defenders in the penalty area uh, at the moment. Uh, then on the he does shoot sparingly as well, which is great. So he doesn't seem to you know lose just, bonus. Just to add to that, just to add your point there, Stack. He actually started right wing again this week, which is he did, uh, yes, he which did. Is impressive. So great. yeah, it's a great, great option. Carry on, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously then I'm kind of, well, Ben Chilwell is also a pretty good option. Then looking at the opposite side then with Liverpool, you've obviously got Mo Salah, who you're going to have to keep, but I think there might be better options out there for captaincy. And Andy Robertson, as you flagged already, is be yeah. quickly becoming an FPL legend this season. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Great shout moving forwards. Uh, bonus magnet. A lot of the play, lot of lots of overlapping play. But I guess that's one of the benefits of them having quite a direct front three. He gets to overlap. Iceman, what players do you like in this fixture? Yeah, I'm just I'm just going to back up the uh, Pereira shout. Yeah, 15 touches in the penalty box. I think that's up there with Alonso type stats. The only oh, thing is, right only only two goal attempts though. So you know, you do worry about that. Three chances created, so not great Correct, stats. Yeah. So it's re- I think that that's more sparing though. I think uh, having watched him play, if you look at his touch map and his heat map, he gets forward very like quite regularly, and so I think he just passes it. For you know, actually tries to create a goal or tries to shoot when he has a good opportunity on his hands. He's not kind of like a Salah Kane type shoot on sight kind of player. Yeah. So I'm I'm not too worried about that. Like I'm, I look at that penalty area touches where he has 15, Robertson has 14, and Golanzo has 11. 
and I, I'm pretty satisfied that he's a pretty good pick at five million anyway. Yeah, if if you can't stretch there and you do want to go Leicester, I do think Chilwell is probably a good option as well. Kind of the same Absolutely. stats, uh, two attempts with four chances created, only the five penalty area touches though. So uh, if you can't stretch to the uh, five point one, I feel like, for like Chilwell could be a go-to as well. Mad- Madison was uh, quiet in the last game, so diminishing his appeal as well. What are your thoughts on him, Stag, on Madison? Yeah, you might have seen a tweet I put out after game week two. I haven't really updated my uh, my mental record of Madison's shots and target and everything after the after game week three. However, I kind of realised that his expected goals and all of his underlying stats didn't really suggest that he was the FPL option that maybe some people were making him out to be. Like he's in that price bracket that's going to be discussed an awful lot once we get to Everton and Richarlison, and I, I'm I'm just thinking there are so many better options out there at that price point. Yeah, I think I I agree with that. Chaps, just a couple of players I want to run past you here. So um, people will have their heads turned to Harry Maguire again. Obviously, last season, he was a nice one to have in, reasonably priced, got the odd clean sheets when they play well at the back, but also attacking threat as he's, he's an absolute magnet for the ball from corners. I don't have any stats to back that up, but that's more from the eye test. A lot of people potentially jumping on him this weekend. What, what are your thoughts on him, Stag? I think he's a very good player, and there's no denying that. But I just, I just think even amongst Leicester defenders, there are two better options at a far better price. It's just as simple as that for me. Yeah, for Kyrie, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was. I'd back that up as well. And uh, and the other thing we've got is obviously Jamie Vardy will be returning. Now we know he got sent off, but announced his uh, retirement from international football. Uh, Iceman, do you have any thoughts on that one? I'm glad he didn't join Arsenal. Okay. Right, so it's a, it's a pity though, isn't it? Like the fa- it would have been quite a fairy tale for him to have scored at the World Cup. That was kind of something I was really that was on my World Cup hope you know hope for list in yeah. advance of it. And when that didn't happen, I was pretty disappointed. So it's kind of I liked the Jamie Vardy fairy tale kind of continuing on the international scene. He just wanted another yeah. Jamie Vardy party, didn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we spent the whole first season partying to Vardy. Okay, so maybe steering clear of those for the minute, but some good defensive options there. Um, Japs, last chance to chime in on either Liverpool or Leicester. Any other players to add? Well, um, we we need, we need to not bypass Trent Alexander-Arnold. He seems to be okay, the value let's talk option. About Trent. Yeah, I mean, he got forward quite a lot in the last game. And he, uh, he hit the bar from a free kick. I really feel like I need to bring him in. I mean, a lot of people are going Robertson. And, and you can see why he got all the bonus points in the last game. Such a persistent player, Robertson, getting forward. But... TAA just seems to be in and around the box. He almost scored um, when Robertson actually set him up. So I just feel like he might be where the value is at 5 mil. The one thing for me with TAA is that he's becoming TAA YC. He always gets a yellow card every game, which is really destroying his bonus point potential as well. So you've got three clean sheets on the bounce and he hasn't got a touch on any bonus points in any of those three fixtures. And I'm just thinking that extra, it's now 1.1 million to get to Robertson is probably worth it overall. Like you've already seen it in points. Like you're looking at 15 points versus what, 27 for Robertson? It's a big difference. Yeah, the only thing is that they do have Champions League and that is going to interfere with Robertson and TAA points at some point because there is Klein and Moreno to come in and I do feel like at some games they'll be displacing both of those two. Absolutely, that's definitely part of it but it's just the one thing is that with people are now going to be looking at doubling up on Liverpool defenders having seen them get three clean sheets and really not look too pressured either in getting those. But this is this Leicester game is the start of Liverpool's tough run where they face all of the champions of the last five years and three of the top six in their next five games. 
So you've got Leicester away, Tottenham away, Southampton at home, Chelsea away, and then City at home. It's a pretty difficult run, so I just don't think this is the time to be doubling up on Liverpool defenders. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I feel like if you're going to go uh, one or the two, it's got to be uh, Robertson or TA. But I suppose <laughs> the reason why I went Van Dyke at the start of the season, which I did eventually move out for Mendy, because of the nailedness. He was pretty nailed on to start nearly every game, Van Dyke, and he did get two bonus points in the last game. Nailedness. Was that, uh, is that a term from Ice Mandia? Uh, yeah, go on in. Why not? I do. <laughs> I like it. Um, the only other thing I'm going to add to the, the, the Liverpool discussion is I've had a lot of luck with uh, Alisson so far. I'm going to be keeping him in for, for quite a long time, I think, as a, at least as a rotation, if not starting every time. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've, um, we've bled this one dry for now. Let's move on to Brighton versus Fulham. So, Stag, any, any players catching your eye in this one? Um, one is standout, and I think we're all going to be pretty much talking about him, and that's Mitrovic, isn't it? Yeah. Three, yeah. three games played, three goals scored, and one assist as well to back it up. Like that's, It's pretty good going for a striker at his price point. He's second for attempts amongst forwards with 15. Only Aguero beats him with 16. He's, ha- he's fourth for forwards amongst for shots in the box. He's third for expected goals. He's fourth for expected goals in open play amongst all players, and that's so that's even including like some Mohamed Salah. It's just an absolutely brilliant option at his price point, really, isn't he? And he's top for uh, most shots on target with seven. Oh, there you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. You thought, brilliant. You thought you had all the stats, Ed. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. It's like, here I am. <laughs> you, you were literally <laughs> reading my notes there. I was just like, oh, he's just reading them out. Where is he behind me? I checked behind me. I, I think Newcastle are going to really regret letting him go because he's he's ideal Premier League striker, physical, direct. He's looked really good so far. Other than Mitrovic, Stag, anyone else from Fulham that you think carries value? There's been a lot of rotation there, hasn't there? There has. I'm not really too keen on any of their defenders. We can just cross that off. Then Ryan Sessegnon, I think, is a little bit overpriced. Tom Kearney isn't really exciting me, but at least that point one drop might be good for some people who are wildcarding this week. I think still, in that price point, he's a pretty good option. Outside of that in the Fulham team, I'm seeing a lot of love for Sherla, who's had an, who had an awful lot of shots. But I'm not really too convinced. Like I'm not sure a player who has come on and scored the third goal and who even found himself didn't get dropped for this second game. Like I'm not sure that's the sort of player I'd be bringing to my team. Yeah, and the thing is with them, they've got two pretty tough fixtures. Brighton away is a difficult one. Brighton at home are very strong. Then they've got Man City. So I suppose it's after game week six where they've got Watford, Everton and the leaky Arsenal. They've got some good fixtures there. So I would actually hold off on Mitrovic and Scherer. I mean, Scherer, he, he did get all of his attempts in the last game alone. That's all of his attempts so far this season because he, oh, he didn't get any goodness. in the in the two previous. But he is playing in that number 10 position just behind Mitrovic. So he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Did it at the bar, obviously he scored. And yeah, just very attacking in the last game. But it was against a Burnley team that seemed just a bit tired at the moment. Okay, so no one else from Fulham, Stag. What about uh, what about this Brighton side then? Um, just going forward, they haven't really seemed to show much so far. So for me, it's really just Shane Duffy is what I've really come down to. Because he's always pretty good offset pieces. And he's very good for picking up bonus points when clean sheets do come. Pascal Gross obviously is the one we're all keeping an eye on, but it just hasn't quite happened for him just yet. He got that one goal from the penalty, but outside of that, really, it hasn't been too much. Gross was benched in the last game. So I think that, when they when they play the bigger teams, they seem to bench him, and just just because of that alone. Obviously, he's their talisman, but if he's not playing in big games, then you don't really want to have him in your squad. I think a lot of people were looking at Matthew Ryan. They made a lot of saves against Liverpool. It's potential to to get a load of save points and with good fixtures for Brighton. 
Brighton. Obviously, these next two are in Fulham and Southampton, but uh, after that, they've got Spurs and City. So, with good fixture run, I feel like Ryan could be a good option to bring in, depending on if you're on wildcard or not. Yeah, could be an alternative in goal, couldn't he? Uh, or at least as a rotation keeper. Mm. Okay. Um, I've got no one to add on this fixture then, chaps. Let's move to Chelsea versus another South Coast side in Bournemouth. Now, we've seen, uh, well, I suppose in the World Cup, Eden Hazard, absolutely awesome form there. At the start of the season, we got a little bit of a taste of him coming on as a sub. And I watched the, the game versus Newcastle, and I've got to say, he, he looks to be every bit their best player. And also some rumours that eventually you could see him playing in the number nine role, just simply because that's what Sari did with uh, Mertens, a similar player, when he was at Napoli. And also, just I watched Morata and, and Giroud, and I'm still not convinced about them in that system. So, Stag, do you want to speak about uh, Hazard and any other players that you think Chelsea offer this weekend? Like with Eden Hazard, I guess we've got one te- one full game to go off that we can say that he clearly passed the eye test and we can pull as many stats as we want, but really there's no point doing that when Newcastle really stepped off Chelsea. So he looks good. Everything everything about him is solid. He doesn't look like he has fatigue on him after the World Cup, unlike maybe like Harry Kane, for example. And then he's managed to return in all of the last three weeks. So I think at 10.6, we really have to start considering him, especially given Chelsea's ridiculously good fixtures ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's... Um... With KDB not being an option, City not having a nailed down midfield, um, you know, he could be a really good shout. Iceman, do you want to add to that? Yeah, sorry, mate. Your mic has gone all deep again. It sounds hilarious. I'll keep that one in. But yeah, Hazard. I was wondering what it happened. <laughs> That's not, what has he done? This uh, is the Barry White. <laughs> but yeah, Hazard. He, the thing with Hazard is that he actually waits until the ultimate moment to shoot. So, and when he kind of knows he's got a good percentage of scoring, so that's why he gets quite a lot of bonus. Because you know, with Salah, he shoots all the time, and a lot goes off target, etc. But he he waits until he can definitely hit the target. So that's why he's normally on all the bonus. So when he does take a penalty and it goes in, then you know he's going to get free bonus, which is which is great. I know he's got a great record against Bournemouth as well. I suppose these fixtures for Chelsea are just so plumb. I did have Bucken uh, Jr. actually supply some stats for me. Just on players which people are monitoring at the moment, the selection of in-demand players, and the minutes played per point, Lonzo is actually top with 7.2, and Hazard's second with 8.3, and then below that you've got Mane, Aguero, Mendy, Richarlison, Pereira, etc. But yeah, two Chelsea players right up there, right at the top. So... I feel like we, we, we need to be looking at Chelsea now. I know a lot of people kind of didn't go for them because of Sarre. You didn't know how he was going to play and you didn't know how Alonso was going to perform in these games. But Alonso's more or less a winger. He's 11 penalty area touches for the season. Top four goal attempts of seven for defenders. He's getting the attacking points. I do think they're kind of well drilled. Chelsea and I do feel like it is going to go back to the back line it will work and if you look at the goal that Newcastle scored the expected goals on that was uh, 0.08 which I saw on understat.com um, so it just shows they are they are keeping a tight line it's just that they got a little bit unlucky in the last game I do feel like in these next two games the clean sheets will come for them yeah it's just to add to that with their dominance over Newcastle there's one point in the game I think they had 300 passes to Newcastle 60 and also I think um, I was told another stat so at one point Jorginho had 15% of possession at the same time Newcastle had 18 
Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Jorginho actually, I think Jorginho finished that game with more passes than Newcastle did as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Pete, FYI, you are still on deep voice mode. <laughs> That's love, baby. We we did have a couple of questions about this. So we had uh, Barpat, um, I can't say his second name. He's just put, how wise is it to remove Salah for Hazard and invest the 2.5 mil elsewhere? What are your thoughts on that, Stag? I would say, in short, not wise, in long form. I just think that Salah is too important a player. You need to keep him. When you've got any any player whose ownership is over 50%, I think by default you've just got to hold on to them, especially at this part of the season where nobody's playing catch-up. Like, there's... No real need, even if you're 70 points behind where you want to be. That's not really much in the overall context of having 35 game weeks left to play. So I really don't think that no matter what, you know, I think that a lot of people are going to be looking at bringing in Eden Hazard. But I think you should probably look at maybe your Aubameyang or your second striker, whoever that might be, rather than getting rid of Man Salah to try and accommodate him. Yeah, I feel like maybe if you've got Mane, then that might be the switch for you. I don't feel like Salah, who's consistently returning and playing well, you know, he's top for shots as well, equal with Aguero on 16. He's not the man to get rid of for Hazard. But I do feel, you know, it is tempting with Hazard form coming in and with these fixtures coming up. We did have another one from um, Mr. Fish at Tear Stonefish. He's put, is Alonso essential even for a minus four? And if it means replacing David Luiz? What are your thoughts on that, Stack? I think replacing David Luiz is probably the bit that stops me. Is he worth a minus four? Possibly, yeah. I think that Bournemouth... I'm still not convinced that Chelsea are all that leaky. Um, I think they were... Against Arsenal, they were obviously well destroyed. Huddersfield didn't really challenge them. And then they did concede one to Newcastle. But as you just pointed out, the probability of that actually going in was pretty low. So I think Chelsea are kind of getting a bad rep for their defence. There's a bit maybe uncalled for it just because of that Arsenal game so no basically a sideways move for someone like David Luiz to a teammate in Marcus Alonso isn't worth it however is Marcus Alonso worth a hit to remove the likes of uh, I just pick pick on someone like PVA I think so yeah yeah I agree with that they've, they've got two two home matches in a row by the way in Bournemouth then Cardiff so it's kind and of then away, and then they're going away to West Ham as well yeah so it's good ridiculous. fixes Okay, so do you want to um, speak about any of the Bournemouth players? Um, I guess Callum Wilson is still standing out on all the attacking metrics. He's top of the X of XG for all players. That's helped by a penalty that he actually managed to miss. But outside of that, then, he has returned every week and he is top for shots with 13 as well, which is pretty solid. Beyond that, I think Brooks continues to look pretty good for Bournemouth, but there aren't many others that are tempting me in that team. Maybe Ryan Fraser, but yeah, I still think he's Fraser's man, right? pretty fortunate to get, do as well as he has. For me, anyway. He scored tonight, I believe, Frazier, as well, in the uh, goal, Carabao and Cup. Goal and an assist, I think, in the Carabao Cup, I yeah. thought I read. Yeah. So, I, I feel like Frazier's definitely an option. What's he at now? 5.6? Yeah. If I, can, if I can worm him in, I probably would. I mean, I've got King at the moment, so necessarily want to double up but Wilson is the man here what, what was it two assists fouled for the pen, penalty yeah. I think Mr. Sitter set up by Frazier actually he just looks at it at the moment Wilson he just you're always kind of thinking is he going to do what he did to me last season when he was playing well brought him in and he's going to just stop but I feel like we need to get past that already and then know that he is an FPL option they've obviously got this Chelsea game which is tough but after that their fixtures aren't bad so definitely an option for me Wilson yeah, Wilson didn't actually play tonight. King came off the bench. That might indicate he's being being rested. Yeah, well. Yeah, and just whilst we're talking about the Carabao Cup, I have to announce this. It's nothing to do with FPL. Great. Uh, Saido Berahino has scored a goal for the first time in three years. Wow. Well my done him. 
incredible scenes. I feel like we need a klaxon or something. He was yeah. playing a Premier League team as well, wasn't he? He was playing Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah, I thought that, yeah. Huddersfield That's terrible. Okay. That's pretty good for Saido anyway. That's Worry, awesome. Worrying times. Yeah. Should we move on to Palace Saints? I think we should definitely speak about Pedro briefly. Um, yes, yes. He, he had the, the two big chances against Newcastle. I think having Aspie down his side is actually better for him because if he was down the left-hand side where Alonso kind of roams forward, it won't be as good whereas Aspilicueta kind of provides for him a bit more. And he looks like he is starting ahead of William. But I'm not quite sure whether or not William kind of provides more whip for Chelsea. I felt like they were quite narrow. It was kind of shown on match of the day that they were quite narrow against Newcastle. And maybe, uh, you know, if you're looking at Pedro, obviously he looks to be the option to go for at Chelsea with their fixtures coming up and him playing well scoring too. But just be wary that William may come in and displace him. So I, I do wonder if Pedro's place is completely secure. I kind of have the same fears about Pedro in terms of his in terms of his security long term. But that said, you have to kind of see the similarities between him and a player like Insigne who played for Napoli um, under Sarri. And you're kind of then thinking, okay, if Pedro can kind of fulfil that general void in the team, then that means he's going to play on what is Pedro's best attribute. I know it didn't look like it against Newcastle, but that is his finishing. He is a brilliant finisher, and so. I'm pretty bullish about him in a long-term sense now. That's it. I did take him out of my team in my wildcard because I was just trying to reappropriate funds elsewhere. However, after the injury to Richarlison, I'm, or the suspension for Richarlison, I'm already looking at trying to get him back in huh. with Bournemouth and Cardiff and West Ham. Like It's just ridiculous that I don't have him now. What about Kante? What are your thoughts on him? He seems to be playing right wing in the last game. I don't think the world is ever going to be the same now that Kante is playing right wing. Now that Kante is an FPL option even, like I would definitely say he is an option. At 5 million, you know, the players he's competing with are the likes of Tom Kearney and uh, that lad from Wolves whose name is now eluding me, Ruben Neves. Neves, And so, yeah. And so you're thinking that he's as good as them and he's in a team who might provide him more in more, you know, more consistently. And if anything, he's going to get three points pretty often. And if anything, he's going to get better in that position. And also think about the bonus points because he's still making all the interceptions and tackles that he usually did. So once you kind of get even a goal or an assist from him, you're probably going to get bonus points with it. Yeah. Okay, so I think we've, we've um, exhausted this fixture now. Should we move on to Palace versus Saints, chaps? Yep. Okay. So interesting fixture, this one. Saints actually picked up a win away at Brighton tonight. Charlie Austin on the score sheet. Palace, that man Wilf turned up with a goal at the weekend, but not getting any points, unfortunately, for the uh, Palace side. Iceman, do you just want to kick us off on this one? What do you think about players in Palace versus Saints? Yeah, I mean, Tompkins went out injured in the warm-up, which absolutely devastated all of his owners. I thought Zaha was... Uh, I think I feel like he got rumbled by Kapoe when he hacked him out. Obviously, Kapoe should have been sent off. But Zaha was very quiet for the whole game. So if you wind him up, it looks like he, he just kind of shuts up in terms of his uh, football output. But he did get the goal in the end. That's the potential from Zaha. They've not got bad fixtures going forward either. So maybe he is still an option Zaha, but just be mindful that you know he does go quiet in some games. I've got PVA and I was a little bit disappointed because I watched part of this game and he doesn't look like he's getting as far forward as I hoped. He's still getting forward, but not like an uh, Alonso marauding forward. I did think that he, I feel like he's been restricted by Roy a bit more. 
I'm I'm holding on to him because he's just always got that goal potential and that assist potential. But uh, having Kelly in their back line for Tompkins, I think does change things. It kind of makes their defense a little, well a lot worse than when Tompkins plays because he's got that good par- partnership with Sacco, and uh, Sacco somehow, even though they've conceded two goals, managed to get two bonus points to some, but. He is still one to watch for the bonus point magnet, depending on their fixtures. And obviously, Wambasaka, he seemed to have started tonight in the Carabao Cup. So whether or not that means Ward still keeps his place, I wouldn't necessarily start Wambasaka this game or be completely relied that he is going to start. That's interesting. I was I took the Obi-Wan returning and starting in the Cup as a pretty promising sign, and I thought that I probably could start him in game week four at home to Southampton. I think I'm, I'm willing to take that risk because Southampton have just been so poor that I'd be hoping that I might nab a clean sheet from him. 4.1. I, I just saw it as, because Ward has been playing in the Premiership the last game, obviously he <laughs> wanted to use Ward for this Carrell Cup game, played him in the Premiership game, so had to use Wan Vasaka, so maybe Ward will play the Premiership game. I don't know, it's all speculation. It's just It just feels like a bit more of a risk now that Wan Vasaka has played tonight. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I see your logic. I guess you can just turn it on its head and point it the other way too. And at the end of the day, it is pure speculation. I guess it's kind of one of those ones that listeners can kind of listen out for the press conference later in the week and maybe that might be cleared up if uh, yeah. we're fortunate and get a journalist to ask a question that we want them to ask. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what about the Saints then, Stag? Who, is there anyone that they offer? I mean, Ing's got a lot of the early talk defensively. They don't look a great option. Anyone that you like from them? Yeah, it really is Danny Ings. Elianuzzi did have a few shots at the weekend, but I think it's still Danny Ings that's standing out to me. He was rested on the, in the cup this week. He was subbed off early last weekend, which I guess isn't a good sign, but here we are. Uh, he's still sixth for expected goals overall, and but you know, Saints are pretty bad. That's yeah. the one thing. Yeah, I, I, I live in Southampton and I play football every Sunday and I was talking to my uh, football mates, teammates about this and they just said they're just terrible at the moment and there, there's no FPL options. They said, don't don't choose any of them. They're awful. I know Ings almost scored there. I feel like he could probably get something from nothing. So he would be the one to maybe, you know, he would be the one to go for there. Otherwise, no one. And if you have got Cedric, move him out as quickly as possible. That guy is terrible. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. I think, yeah, that is the one thing is that Ings has shown us that he can fashion something from nothing, like from his time at Burnley. And so you would kind of hope that he can even perform in a team that are really struggling. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's not spend too much time on, on Saints thing. So I want us to get into the, I think the next fixture is going to throw up a bit of discussion about what do we do with Richarlison? Because Everson take on Huddersfield at home. Really good start to the season for Everton. Richarlison on one side, Walcott on the other, and then he goes and gets sent off. So, Stag, how do we solve a problem like Richarlison? Where do we start? Um, I don't think, um, and this is contrary to what a lot of people have done already to make the most of price rises, I don't think Walcott is the way forward on Absol- this one. What, what numpty would have made that transfer? To <laughs> what an absolute fool. Carry on, carry on. I just don't see it. He's got two no. goals from four shots. It's... I'm just not convinced. Like, we know Theo Walcott isn't exactly renowned for his finishing. Everton aren't actually playing all that well, reason yeah. by my own watching. And with that in mind, I just don't think Walcott is the player I want to get in on this team. Um, so then looking around the rest of the league, I think Pedro is the standout option. Um, I managed to checkmate myself with my wildcard and I put in Hudson Adoy as my, you know, just bench midfielder that would never play because he was 4.4. I probably should have put in El Nenny instead and then I would have had space to upgrade and have a third Chelsea player. 
unfortunately I can't do that now because Pedro will be my fourth. Um, I actually have brought in Pereira as to solve that problem for myself. Ooh. I just he passes the eye test for me. I like what he's doing. I think I like what Watford are doing as well. They're playing quite well, and I think he's a very likely man in that team. And so even if their fixtures aren't particularly fantastic, I'm happy to bring him in. I don't really think Spurs are very good. I think Manchester United are playing like a bottom half team at the moment. Um, yeah. And that's coming from me as a fan, so I'm not too worried about that fixture. Then it's Fulham and Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal are going to be leaky as well. And so, therefore, I'm not really too worried about the fixtures with them. I'm happy to bring him in. Interesting. Iceman, do you want to chime in on this? Yeah, so I'm going to kind of back up the Walcott shout in, in a reluctant way. Uh, I mean, we were waiting for him to return consistently, and then he did. So uh, I've actually gone early, and I've brought him in, because these fixtures are tasty. Huddersfield, second for expected goals conceded so far this season. Uh, actually, no, I think they're top. They're top for big chances conceded with 11, with Walcott in there. He In the season 2016 2017 he did score 19 goals then he moved to Everton didn't play much and obviously he didn't do that well but now he's in that kind of attacking four two games two returns he has to be an option for people I mean I'm not overly convinced myself but knowing that he scored that 19 goals a couple of seasons ago I know he's done it before he scored 21 in another season as well so he does have the potential stats aren't great like you say goal attempts so far this season are four attempts in the box are three touches in the box 13 he's only created three chances but he's still doing something and with Huddersfield next then they've got West Tam after that both at home he should do well you're expecting him to do well and uh, well I am so that's why I brought him <laughs> what an absolute fool you are for uh, getting on to that early ice man <laughs> yeah yeah we both are we both are <laughs> yeah I did it as well okay. but do, do, do you not just think though that like these the goals that he scored for Arsenal all those years ago okay so it was 10 in the league that season am I correct in saying it was just 19 in all competitions uh, uh, yeah. there's a pre- you will notice from this podcast there's a prejudicial bias <laughs> towards ex-Arsenal players I mean the Iceman when we get to West Ham if he doesn't mention the name Wiltshire I will I will probably resign from the podcast <laughs> so there Fair is enough. a little bit of prejudicial bias um, the only thing that got me excited again I was having flashbacks to the years of Walcott running off the left back speeding past him firing it below the goalkeeper that was his exact goal the other day and he had a second chance like that so I got a bit nostalgic and pulled the trigger on it, but I genuinely do think he's in good form at the moment. He's playing regularly, and, and as an FPL lover, you know, I just uh, rolling back the years with that one with him. Yeah, yeah. no, that's fair enough. It, it, yeah. it, like, like, like you say, it's only ten goals in the league. Yeah, it's nineteen goals during the season in other cup competitions as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, what about any? Are there any other Everton players that we can shout here, Stag? Do you think? Um, in short, no. Uh, you know, realistically, as you say, like there's pretty good clean sheet potential there in that team, and they do have some fairly attacking defenders. Seamus Coleman chiefly amongst those. Although you would wonder what their clean sheet potential would be like without Michael Keane. Presumably, he's going to be missing for quite some time now. Yeah. Uh, then looking forward in their team, do you know what? Gilfie Sigurdsson is actually starting to come into his own slightly in that yeah. side, and maybe with time he will become the Siggy we know and love. But at seven point four, I think he's overpriced for that risk right now. Yeah, big wait and see on all of Everton. Yeah, okay. Do, do either of you have anything to say about Huddersfield or shall I just move on? Um, 
Hamer, I guess, the Hamer okay. blow last weekend, which denied everyone a clean sheet. I think just most people just love to just hear people talk about their pain. So yeah, that was pretty <laughs> annoying for a lot of us. <laughs> it was described as a big knock and he was not on the bench in the Carabao Cup this week. So I would say those of you who are on wildcards, because I know there's quite a few of you, beware of the news as the week goes on. Keep an eye out for whatever David Wagner has to say about his current condition. It does make Lasso another option though, doesn't it? It does, but I guess Lossel is like is four point five, isn't he? So it's like you know the reason why Hamer is exciting people isn't because of his ability after his slow mo miss against uh, Man City, wasn't it in game week two? But it's just because he's a four point starter, and I guess if he's not back soon, then he's you're kind of looking at the situation where he might just get dropped permanently. So I, yeah, that's I do have fun. to add that I have to add that Berahino's goal tonight was against Huddersfield, and Lossel was in goal for that. <laughs> <laughs> and they had Schindler and Stankovic at centre half with Dermot left back. No, I can't shout. I can't do it. We're, no, no, yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not doing that. We're yeah. not doing it. No. Um, right, West Ham versus Wolves. So, Iceman, do you want to talk about Wiltshire and then we'll discuss the fixture? Yeah, don't bring in Wiltshire. Okay, so Iceman, who do you? Who, what players do you like in uh, West Ham versus Wolves? Should there's, we start a, West Ham? there's only two players for West Ham which you can even think about. Uh, precisely, and it's Fabianski and Arnie, maybe Anderson. I mean, Arnie seems to score against anyone. We've got to wait for the press conference to see whether he's fit. He went off a little bit injured, but he could have had a hat-trick against Arsenal. They were kind of all over us for a lot of the game. I do think if things start to click there and the fixtures get eased up, I do think like he's going to be the main man to have. And along with Anderson, you know, when their fixtures improve, he does look a great player. And Fabianski actually played well, even though he conceded three. He got a load of saves against us. But they are up there at the top with expected goals conceded with 7.2. They've obviously conceded nine. And they are bottom of the table with no points. They're a bit of a dirty team. They've got 11 yellow cards so far this season. So I'm kind of staying away from all of their players until their fixtures improve. Absolute filth. Yeah. Okay, Stag, anything to add on West Ham? Yeah, it's really with Arnautovic is the is the person we're really waiting for, That whether that muscle injury turns out to be nothing major or what. It is a tough fixture that they have, though. Wolves are not the pushovers that the first few games we suggested, as they yeah. finally showed against City. Like, they are... They have the fourth lowest expected goals conceded tally of all the teams in the league, which kind of highlights how unfortunate they were to concede was it four goals in the first two weeks. And uh, they also have the fourth lowest shots in the box conceded of all teams in the league. So I think even like if there's a doubt over Arnautovic, I'd probably be looking at transferring him in or, or transferring him out or benching him rather than risking getting a one point. Yeah, I, I feel like Arnautovic is going to be kind of in the thinking around if you've got Zaha, if you've got Mitrovic, they're in and around that same price bracket. They're all going to start for their respective teams. So I feel like they could be on rotation for some clubs all season. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, the point you make about Wolves then, Stag, is there any, are you thinking their defence then? Cause I watched them against City. I was really impressed with, uh, with Bolly at the back. He actually, or Bolly, however you want to say it, he actually came through the same academy as the likes of Henri, the Clairefontaine Academy in France. A really good, oh, strong centre back and absolutely textbook handball. For the goal, which the Arsenal <laughs> enjoyed my commentary on, yeah, um, great video <laughs> on that. over the weekend. But yeah, I mean, any any defensive options you you you'd back Wolves with at the moment? Well, honestly, if you're if you're looking at this and you're wanting an option, it's probably going to be Bennett, isn't it? As a four point starting defender, that's kind of the goal dust that we want. So I guess Ryan Bennett would be first and foremost amongst them for me, and then maybe it'd be Rui Patricio on goals after that. I wouldn't really say I would be too excited by the rest of them from an FPL point of view. 
Uh, looking further forward in their team, Traore came off the bench and looked absolutely brilliant. He did, he did, weekend. yes. He really caught everyone. He did, he really did. And uh, like we look, he had a very good season for Middlesbrough last year. I wouldn't know the stats off the top of my head. I just know he had a good season and I would have watched one or two games and he was pretty good for them there too. And then outside that, look, you're talking about the players that we were all looking at in preseason, so it could be running that over and over again if you want, but Joda, Neves and Jimenez. I do think Jimenez is going to become an option soon. I mean, like their fixtures aren't too bad. They've got United in a couple of game weeks' time, but West Ham, Burnley, after that, Southampton, Crystal Palace, Watford and Brighton. So I do think there's going to be a, a few options opening up here. I do, and I also think that the clean sheets will come. So Bennett might be the perfect four, four million option to <laughs> transfer, <laughs> especially to, to transfer out Peltier and bring in Bennett just for that move across. It just depends if you want to use a transfer on that. But I did look at, uh, Doherty. I know he's gone down to 4.4, but he is very attacking for them. He's got seven penalty area touches so far. Not created much, but eventually I feel like he's going to become more of an option there. Do you, one, one thing I'd say on that is because Triore would in theory play where Doherty plays. Yeah, true. Yeah. Just off the right. And, and I, I think it's only a matter of time before Triore has to start being he's the club's record signing. So I agree. Because again, Doherty had a good game against City, but I think we've got to keep an eye on the Triore situation because I don't think a club like Wolves can... I know they've got a lot of money, but I think it'd be hard for them to justify a club record and then just leave Triore on the bench every week. That's the only caution I'd say with that. Yeah, I yeah, that's that's a very good point, actually, about Triore. But I think he could very much become an option for people as this league goes on, as this season goes on. Yeah, 5.5. Also, j- just a point on Triore, Iceman. Has it, have you been training arms with him? <laughs> he's, he's an absolute tank he's massive isn't he yeah so like the ultimate build for a sprinter you can see why he's so quick he must go to pure um, gym it, yeah literally other gyms are also available listeners um, okay have we exhausted walls there yeah, yeah. yeah. alright bit of a treat to you then Stag let's move on to City versus Newcastle I can see all sorts of things happening in this one one thing I am going to say, I am captaining Aguero come hell or high water. Um, and that makes sense uh, in this one because he's stitched me up against Newcastle so many times. He's had a blank week. I just think it's written in the stars. He's going to bag a load of goals. Who do you like for City in this one? Yeah, I think look, look, we're all thinking of Aguero to start because none of us can forget that five-goal haul a few years ago. He has 14 goals and three assists in 11 Premier League games against them. And that's they're not FPL assists either. They're just like transfer market assists. I couldn't tell you what the stats are for FPL only. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, look, he's he's an absolutely phenomenal player. He's really started off this season as we kind of wanted him to, and as Pep wanted him to too. He even hit the post last weekend and looked dangerous. Definitely don't panic about him. I would say captain him definitely. I think he's probably, this is probably one of the first moments that I would be considering. I wouldn't, I won't be doing triple, it, but you know, if you yeah, the triple, there yeah. you go. Yeah, <laughs> you took the word out of my mouth. Yeah, exactly. Moving kind of back, that Man City team. Bernardo Silva was out in the right again and a little bit isolated. So Ooh. not the. We had a, we had a quick question on him. D Raj is just saying, is it time to move out on on Bernardo Silva? Do you reckon it's time to move on him? Um, I think you've probably got a more pressing issue. Um, if you've got Bernardo Silva, I would imagine you're probably an FPL community person, and so you've probably got Richarlison as well. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably go sorting out your bigger fires first. <laughs> um, but look, if you're trying to free up positions, you're using two free transfers or something. Yeah, I think I think you could be okay to move him out. To be honest, um, but. Uh, I don't know, maybe you guys disagree with me on that one. No, no, I agree. I've, I've never really rated Bernardo Silva. I feel like people got lucky what? in the first game. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I wouldn't agree with that either. Like, if you think about him last season when he came off the bench or started games, he almost always tended to come back with something. I just can't see big points in him. And for that price range, I feel like there's kind of better elsewhere. 
I did, yeah. I'm not saying that he's an awful pick. I just feel like people have got a little bit lucky in the first game. His, his stats aren't great, and he only had the one shot against Arsenal. Just not really an option for me, but I can see why people were there. And you know what? To build on that kind of uh, Bernardo Silva talk, I think the problem is that he is taking up one of your city slots. And whilst it hasn't happened so far, you have so many good midfield options in that squad, like Mares, Sterling. I don't need to name them, do I? Yeah. Uh, no, but the fact of the matter is, is that there are so many good options in there that someone's going to start firing soon. Like there were stages last year where Sterling was essential, David Silva was essential, and Leo Asane was essential. And so we're going to have a situation where you're going to want to do that sideways transfer sooner rather than later. So he's, he's going to probably be leaving your teams. And then the rest of that city team, really, I think it's just Benjamin Mendy getting two bats yeah. against Wolves. Like how it's kind of like Pascal Gross against Man United last season where you just kind of looked at it and were wondering, how did you get bonus points for that mm-hmm. game? It's another one of those situations. So, but he just has so many forward actions and he doesn't have the misses that let's say Salah has. He also has 32.6% ownership, which is just means that he kind of has a red arrow over his head that you just need to get him at that point. He's, um, just to add to that, yeah, so again, watching him at the weekend, just so much of City's play goes through, I think I said this in the last podcast, because so you can re- read and repeat that. So, so much of their play goes through him. He's always looking to deliver the ball into the box, whether it's a wide cross into Aguero or breaking in for a shot himself. He's just a bit like Alonso's been in previous seasons. He's just essential. And the good thing about him is that he will play in a, a 3-4-3, 3-5-2 or a 4-4-2 for Pep. So I think he is one that you can trust to play every week. Yeah. yeah, correct. Like he, like, and Pep even starts has talked about how he can attack in a different way when they have yeah. Mendy. You know, he's like, and then if you watched any of the All or Nothing documentaries, you'll kind of see how number yeah. one Benjamin Mendy was being re-talked up before the season yeah, started, and then how you know, the, uh, yeah, exactly. Look, look, everyone here listening here has probably listened to it, but basically Benjamin Mendy was such a key part of Guardiola's plans at Man City for last season, and now we're kind of seeing fruits of that, and it's already proven. So he, he's a must-have. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Can, just, uh, I, I just need to, before we bypass City, I just need to shout the other silver, David. He is one which may get overlooked, and I feel like maybe the only option in that midfield at the moment. He actually created the most chances the week before. He played kind of central on the heat maps and was the third, uh, furthest forward in, in the Wolves game behind Guerrero and Sterling. So I think like he is needed whilst KDB is out, He's, and he currently is on 17 minutes per chance created creating nine in all. So a lot of people might be bypassing him. 8.5 in that City yeah. midfield. I mean, you're always going to be wary that he's going to get rotated. But with KDB, I feel like he's needed in there. So I feel like he has to yeah. start. If I, 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 go on. I was just going to back you. I think that's a great shout, Iceman. I mean, like you say, with KDB out, they still need that kind of linchpin central midfielder. And I mean, trust Pep. He's got three of the most informed slash best left and right wingers in the world in Mares, Sterling and so on. I don't think I'm unreasonable saying that. And he benched all of them at the weekend. That's just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, Pep is ridiculous. <laughs> but the thing is, is that as you say, I think Silva is one of the safer players with KDB out in that team. And yeah. you do have, like, and the fact of the matter is, whilst fixtures aren't all that important for Man City, considering they are just, you know, almost the Harlem Globetrotters type, just washed through everybody. But you've got Newcastle at home, Fulham at home, Cardiff away, Brighton at home, the next four. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Anything to offer on Newcastle then, Stag? I'm, I'm sure you're a big fan of Hosselu and the like. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves a man who beats the odds and scores. Uh, but no, looking at Newcastle, I think the biggest news that anyone could really take from them is that they have a gaping hole in the middle of their defence with Lascelles and Lejeune now possibly missing. 
for the coming weekend. And anyone who remembers last season when their defence really tightened up towards the end of the season and pretty much what led them to survive, it was really down to those two players. And I think that without them, City could have a field day. Yeah, I have to agree. I spent any players from Newcastle? Nope. No. <laughs> yeah, same. Right. Cardiff Arsenal, let's move on then. So, a stubborn Neil Warnock side at home against the Gunners side that finally have three points on the board. Stag, I, I always generally go to the guests rather than one of us to speak about Arsenal games because of the bias. So, do you want to start on Cardiff? What players do you like from them? Yeah, a stubborn Neil Warnock side with a stubborn Neil between the sticks as well. Will his <laughs> yeah. charmed run end? I don't know, but he's the top goalkeeper right now, so it's probably yeah. worth taking note of. <laughs> Look, realistically, kind of have uh, well, Neil Leatheridge anyway has lived a charmed existence up to now in the league, and that probably won't continue. And the, look, there's nobody else in that team. There really isn't. Uh, looking at Arsenal, on the other hand, uh, there's nobody. No, there is sleeping in that team. <laughs> um, Mkhitaryan. <laughs> wind up. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like I won't even continue the sentence. Um, look, uh, for me, it's it's all about uh, Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang from an FPL point of view. I think Aubameyang should be given another chance by managers. His price has already dropped this week. Will it go again? Maybe, probably, if it's dropped already this week. But I will hold on to him for another week and see what happens. And then Mkhitaryan, whilst his, his numbers, actually, his stats numbers aren't particularly good from last weekend. If you've watched the game itself, I actually thought he looked very good. He kept assisting the assister. He had that shot that was saved that led to Ramsey's offside goal as well. I think he's a pretty good pick. Um, so I will be holding on to both of those. Their, def- their wing-backs in Bayern and Monreal have been doing quite well from an FPL point of view. And I guess they will attract attention only that they haven't been keeping the clean sheets to go with them yet, so it's a bit frustrating. No, it's ter- terrible yeah. in defence, that's the problem. Yeah. I was going to say, just, um, yeah, not, not for defensive returns, but having watched them against Newcastle, Newcastle against uh, Chelsea, and then against West Ham, I think Emery's doing something there that's encouraging them to get forward. I mean, the goal that Monreal scored, Bellerin crossing at him at the back post. If you watch the first half against Chelsea, Bellerin just repeatedly for about 10, 15 minutes kept getting in behind their fullback and just squaring it. I think that's something Emery's trying to pull out. So I think from an assist perspective, Bellerin's a really good option at the moment. Iceman, who, who are you looking at from Cardiff or Arsenal? Uh, not really anyone from Cardiff. Obviously, Peltier is the one which got benched again. So they are yet to score. Um, Arsenal, though, um, obviously are... Ozil missed out through illness, apparently. Um, I do think Lacazette will, will start this week, but I did say that last week. Yeah. I just, just think he should start. And the thing is with Arsenal, and I, f- I feel like they're a little bit un, unsettled in some way because I'm not sure Emery kind of knows his best 11, but Ramsey is actually on my radar. A lot of people are looking at different players for this Richardson replacement. I've got enough money for Ramsey at the moment and but he, he did get furthest forward for Arsenal and his his influence on the game kind of progressed the more the game went on uh, I know that Ozil probably going to come back in and displace him but I feel like he will still be in the starting 11 and he, he did on Saturday actually pick up the trophy for player of the season 2017 2018 and he yeah. did look very dangerous against City West Ham I think he's 1.1 selector I mean, massive differential yeah. his price has already fallen Arsenal got you know some of the best fixtures that you can have at the moment and he just kind of plays in that a different role now I don't feel like he's just the box to box role I feel like he's he's more forward kind of play so I 
kind of want to take a punt on him. I know it will be a punt because it is risk on, on game time, but I feel like someone like him, whose stats last year got 15 goals slash assists in 24 games, and if you compare yeah. that to the likes of, what's his name, uh, Lingard last year, he got 32 games last year, and he got yeah. five assists and eight goals, whereas Ramsey got the seven goals and the eight assists. So, Shows that he, he did do quite well to get quite a lot of points last year. And if he does play, which Emery has said that he really does rate him. He did say at the start of the season that he did want to build the team around him. I'm kind of not really sure why I was benched against Chelsea. So that is the risk there. But I feel like he could be one of these gems which people are not looking at and maybe should be. Uh, just to add to that, Iceman, a bit of nostalgia. Playing against Cardiff back in Wales against his old club in front of a big Welsh crowd. Didn't even think about that. Yeah, great point. Lots more fields for the fire. Yeah, good points. Okay. Um, Anyone else you want to add about Arsenal Iceman or should we uh, (laughs) move on? Uh, just that if you have got Aubameyang, it will come. I don't think he is worth the 11 mil because he's not scoring consistently at the moment. But I do think if you've got him, hold on to him. Just maybe not bring him in at the moment. Nice. Okay, well, let's get on to Burnley versus United. Tarkowski seemingly the goal machine for Burnley, but they're not quite offering the same defensive returns as last season. As for United, one of our headlines, I'm just not seeing anything from them at the moment. So, Stag, sorry to speak about your beloved club like that, but do you want to talk to us about players at United and the situation there? Like the thing is, I don't want to talk to you about any okay, of these players. Okay. It's not a pretty good sign, is it? Like, well, yeah, we're it's... make you anyway. So yeah, I know. Yeah, drag it out of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, what are you to say? Like, okay, Burnley are playing poorly. United are not playing as badly as Burnley. Yeah. So, I, I thought they did quite well against Spurs. They just it just didn't happen, did it? Yeah, no. And you know what? I think Mourinho was actually where, where well, he was a bit of a meme in the post-match press conferences and things. I think he yeah, was quite. Joke correct in saying that United were an awful lot better, that the fans did appreciate it an awful lot more, but in the end it was to a 3-0 defeat. Um, Lukaku could be a good option up there, just we're talking about pure pedigree really at lots, this point. Lots, you know, of straws, lots of straws you're clutching out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, kind of like I'm like a falling Tarzan here and just not quite maybe able to grasp on anything. Uh, defensively, no. Just no. I suppose we, um, we, we got the question from FPL Addict is just about what to do with DDG and Luke Shaw now. What are your thoughts on that? Do you reckon they should both go? Luke Shaw had a really good game. I feel like he, he's probably got some points still in him. Shaw seems to have, seems to be doing okay. And actually Young doesn't seem to be showing signs of coming back. I'm correct in saying as well, which is maybe promising from his own point of view. But I think overall, I think you really definitely don't want to have two Man United defensive assets. I don't think you want to have any of them right now. <laughs> so I'd be probably, I'd be probably looking at selling one of those two pronto. Probably Shaw considering there are so many high scoring defenders at the moment. Yeah. It's just, it's so hard to kind of keep a player in from, you know, for, on a punt, basically, when you've got so many better options at the same prices and who are performing weekly at the moment, like Pereira that I was talking about earlier. TAA is exactly the same price too, cheaper actually. So probably worth looking at that. Uh, DD, like David De Gea is just a massive strain on his budget. That's the problem with De Gea now, is that he's a 6.0 goalkeeper who isn't worth it whatsoever. Yep. Agreed. Yep. A somber, somber assessment. Very somber. Well, anyone from Burnley then? Do you, do you fancy them defensively against you? Nope. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, I feel like you're going to score there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a 
2-1 United. Alexis Sanchez somehow getting something. I just kind of feel like it's time again. Wasn't it against Burnley last year that, uh, or two years ago, that Alexis had that really late penalty that drove Dijonay through the floor? One that they shouldn't have earned. You guys should probably have better than I would. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I have that in my head, but really it's, it's just not a game for FPL managers. Paul Pogba is attracting a bit of attention from, I presume, from casuals because of two penalties, but no. Yeah. And, and from Spain as well. Yes, <laughs> yes, always, always attention from Spain. Yeah. Okay, well, that, that was a really easy one to go through. In that case, well, let's get on to our last fixture of the game week Watford versus Spurs. Now, these two, who, from a top six perspective, Tottenham were the one everyone was questioning because of the lack of signings. Watford, I think everyone was kind of writing off. And they've shown us they are both maximum points so far. So, Stag, I'll, I'll let you finish us off on this one. Talk about the players for Watford and Spurs. So, oddly, I think of those two players, if you were to say which one has been more impressive, and I don't just mean impressive based on your expectations, I just mean impre- impressive full stop. I think Watford have been the more impressive team. I agree, yeah. Yeah, like, FPL-wise, their defence is pretty promising. All of us, you know, chiefly amongst those so far, but Jan Matt is always dangerous too, although 5.0 is a bit much. Foster, I've actually brought in Foster in my, into my team in my wildcard, pretty solid asset. Midfield, there's just... Like they just their players are pretty attacking. Like Will Hughes actually has the highest XG of all of them, but Pereira yeah. is the one who's got the points so far. And then up front, well, Gray and Dini have had their uh, pardon the pun have had their success at some points so far this season. And so like that Watford team almost from front to back, you're kind of looking at you know they're all eyebrow raising options without like any of them being like I must get those options because you yeah. do kind of feel like they, this look could run out. That's it. I don't think it will. I've brought in uh, Pereira just to be covered at least once. I'm not too worried about the fact that it's Spurs. Yeah, so Pereira started to really look like a Juve player where they got him from in the first place. Brilliant finishing from him. Do you think he's possibly the answer to the Richarlison problem? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I really do. I think he even has that like flaky aspect, you know, just to kind of mean that there's just a bit of that added intrigue every time he's on a good run that will it end or not. So yeah, I think he's like from almost every point of view, he's the perfect player for that. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with having Pereira. It's the form over fixtures thing, isn't it? He's he's in form, and apparently they've got bad fixtures. But they have got Spurs and Man United at home, though. You've got to think home games. Yeah. He he does do a lot better in that. I did check out his stats before the season started, and he was uh, his stats were better for at home than away. The next two at home, then they've got Fulham, then they've got leaky Arsenal. So their fixtures aren't terrible. If you're looking at it as a Spurs Man United are bad fixtures. Both at home, so yeah, I, I think it's a great option. In fact, I almost regret my uh, Wilcott transfer, and I <laughs> kind of wish I bought him for Yeah, what this is it. Like I was, I was doing an awful lot of driving today, and as a as a you know, <laughs> consequence of that, I was thinking an awful lot about that transfer I made last night. Thinking, was that the right decision, or wasn't it the right decision? And Walcott kind of kept rearing his head up, and the whole entire Pedro problem that I talked about earlier was rearing its head, and I kind of settled with. No, I'm quite happy with Pereira. I think it's a safe shout, definitely, the way he's playing at the moment. Iceman, do you want to... I mean, you've been a fan of Gray this season. Do you want to speak about him or any other Watford players not mentioned? I don't, I don't know. I mean, like Holobas people are looking at me. You've got that fluke goal. There are some cheap options in their defence which you maybe might be going for. Like Stagger said, he's brought in Foster. They've been doing that okay in terms of not conceding many goals. So, yeah, all their defence, I would say, are options in terms of Holobas. Maybe Yamat's a bit too expensive. But Cabo Saley played really well in the last game yeah, as well. So he does look a decent player. But whether or not you're going to get any tackle returns from him, I don't know. But it would be Holobas at 4.6 which I'd look at. Um, Gray, I wouldn't necessarily bring him in. They're not, I, I don't feel like they, they get enough chances, uh, Gray and Dini up top, but 
Yeah, every, every other game they might get one, two home games. I'm hoping, I'm holding on to them for now and hope, hoping they'll get something against the Spurs team. They've just kept a clean sheet against United. I, I don't see that much hope. Okay, well, let, let's talk about Spurs then. So, Stag, I'll come back to you for this. Who do you like from Spurs in this fixture? So, not I didn't intentionally leave him out of my deliberations about the Richardson move, but of course, Mora is pretty chief in everyone's thoughts now after his brace against United and that followed a goal the week before. Yeah. I, I'm just not convinced because it's just kind of come from nowhere and he did, basically didn't play last season. So I'm kind of just holding off. He did have a good preseason though, if I remember correctly. So I'm kind of holding off there for now. I still don't think Harry Kane is really showing it. In defence, like you've got two very good attacking defenders there when they're playing in Davies and in Trippier. Of course, Davies did play the other night, which wasn't very helpful, but Trippier then, with his bit of an injury, is a bit of a concern right now, and yet he's a very, very, very good FPL asset, as we all really learned for the first proper time in truth during the World Cup when he just returned consistently for FPL teams in that. So Spurs kind of front to back, there's plenty of assets there. Christian Eriksen and Deli Ali, Eriksen especially, though, remain the sleeping giants in that team. Eriksen always seems to find his way to the top. I think last season we had this kind of similar thing as well, where his returns were pretty dry early on, and then suddenly he still finished the season with 11 goals and 10 assists. So I think people are kind of forgetting about him. His price already fallen to 9.4. That's starting to move towards bargain territory for him when he's on form. Yeah. You're rushing him in anytime soon. Yeah, the thing is with, with Ericsson, he is playing a little bit deeper, but um, people are saying he's being off free kicks and because of Trippier taking some of them, but he was last season as well. Like, you know, other players did take free kicks as well. People are saying that his free kicks are his bread and butter, but he actually hasn't scored a free kick since 2015. So Yeah, um, he's not even that good at them as well. I was going to say yeah. as well. That really, it's just like one of these stupid things that get into people's heads and mm. you just can't get it out of them, you know? Yeah, I still think he's, he's good to hold if you have him, but I wouldn't bring him in. Yeah. Okay. We, we had a couple of questions on this. Hogsrad said, Kane, when do we consider him? Do we have to sell Salah or Aguero to get him? I wouldn't sell Salah or Aguero to get him at the moment. You've got a kind of, you know, he's still getting there. It's just the one goal. Stats aren't great. You know, he's had eight shots so far for the season. For that price, you're hoping for a lot higher numbers. And he is dropping a little bit deeper than he did last season. Hasn't looked the same since the injury versus Bournemouth last season, in my opinion. So I, I wouldn't go there yet. Yeah, I agree with that. Iceman, I definitely think he's um, looking in form, but at the same time, Aguero and Salah just, you know, the scoring potential not really worth taking a hit on him at this point, I don't think. Yeah, and with with Mora, I mean, Son could be back soon and will he come straight back in? Also, they've got Lamella there as well. Fixtures aren't amazing. I know that South Korea play uh, on Wednesday, which is tomorrow, and if they win that, they will be in the final on Saturday. So I don't know how long Son will be away for, but when he does come back, you will be worrying about that rotation as well. So I don't feel like Moore is necessarily a bring-in. If you had him, then great, well done, but maybe not necessarily bring in. Unrelated to FPL, actually, I just encourage viewers or listeners to have a look at Hongmin Son as his teammate was taking a penalty to put them, his South Korea team, 4-3 up against Uzbekistan in extra time in the Asian Games in the quarterfinal. It was absolutely spectacular the way he turned his back to the penalty. It just covered his eyes. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant watching. Yeah, yeah. So like, he, he really kind of sees that this is his chance to basically continue his career. Huh. I'll watch that after I've had a piss. <laughs> I, I will do the same. Um, should we should we round it up as the fixtures now, Iceman, so you can take a tinkle? Yep, dying. Thanks. Iceman's break.
Um, we welcome the Iceman back from his uh, regularly scheduled break. And uh, here we go then, the summary. So Leicester versus Liverpool. Pereira and Chilwell for Leicester. We also like the look at Salah, Robertson and uh, Trent as per usual. Brighton versus Fulham. Mitrovic and Owen for Fulham. And we were thinking about Duffy and Ryan potentially for Brighton. Chelsea versus Bournemouth. Hazard and Alonso are the ones we're focusing on. Some discussion over Pedro. And then Wilson and Fraser for Bournemouth. Palace versus Saints. Obi-Wan for Palace. Keep Zaha if you've got him. Ings the only real option for Saints there. For Everton, we talked about Walcott as a replacement for Richarlison, but it's not as cut and dry as you may think. Keep your eyes out for Siggy as well. West Ham versus Wolves. Um, Arnie and Fabianski, the main performers for West Ham at the moment. Bennett, a great choice at the back for Wolves and Patricio as well. City versus Newcastle. Um, Aguero, definitely a captain option. Mendy looks the man in form for them. Cardiff versus Arsenal. Etheridge um, is scoring highly at the moment. Whether that continues or not, we're not sure. Um, but for Arsenal, as per usual, we've named half the team. So Aubameyang, Bellerin, Monreal, Mkhitaryan and Ramsey. Nice time up, Paul. Well, there's there's more fixtures. Actually. <laughs> oh. In fairness, Burnley versus Man United is barely a fixture. Uh, I'll sum it up. It's going to end 1-1. That'll be a part 2-1. There's nothing to be had in FPL prospects. So, yep. I, I thought you were finished, so I just don't know. Carry on. <laughs> um, yeah, so Burnley United, that's done. And Watford versus Spurs. Most of the Watford midfield, mainly being Pereira. Potter is a rotation keeper, Holobas at the back. And then for Spurs, think critically around Morris. Not as cut and dry as you may think, but he's in great form at the moment. Nice sum up, Paul. Said it twice, lovely. Right. Chaps, we need to pick our captains and talk about our transfers for this week. So, Stag, who is going to be your skipper? Uh, Aguero with potentially five O's. <laughs> <laughs> nice. God, I hope so. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to be doing the same this week. I'm not making that mistake again. Iceman? Yeah, so Captain Aguero leads the captain polls. As Stag mentioned, he scored 11 and two assists in his last five home meetings with the Magpies. So, and if you look at their last games that they played against Newcastle, they won 3-1 at home to them and 6-1 at home to them, their last two Premiership home games. So, def- so if, definitely if an article comes out questioning whether or not Aguero is going to play, will you keep the armband on it? I don't listen to silly news. <laughs> fake news, is it? Yeah, fake yeah. news. Uh, just uh, if you're if you are captain Salah, he is top for shots with 16, equal with Aguero, and he's also top for chances created too. So they're playing Leicester away, and uh, last game they played at Leicester, they scored three goals and a three-two win. Interesting. Okay. Any transfers for you then, Iceman? Yeah, so I've already made the jump on Alonso. I've taken out Coleman because he's just not doing it at the moment. I do think they're probably going to keep a clean sheet now. It'll be typical. But I just needed Alonso. I just didn't want him priced out for me. And I also went on Wilcott as well for Mares. I've currently still got Richardson. I'm hoping he doesn't drop tonight. I am looking at bringing in Ramsey as my Richardson replacement. Have you have you taken a little minus four there? It will be a minus four, yeah. You've, you've treated yourself to a little minus four, haven't you? A little, little mini wild card, isn't it? Absolute so. devil. Oh, no. Wow, what a high roller. Mm. Um, I was a fool as well. I I, um, I jumped on the price rise for Walcott, you so fool. he's in for me against Huddersfield instead of Richarlison. I should have waited till after the weekend to see the former Perea and uh, and Mora, but I, I'm as an Arsenal nostalgist, Walcott I'm pretty happy with, so he's my transfer this week. Stag? 
I've brought in Pereira, and that'll be it for me. I won't be taking a hit at this point in the season. I wildcarded last week. I really can't be trying to justify a hit that soon after a wildcard. A little bit soon for that. Yeah. Okay. There, there, there is an awful, like, looking at the market, though, there are an awful lot of players rising and falling. Like, as it stands right now, as we record tonight, Mendy, Aguero, Holobos, Pedro, Wilson, and possibly even somehow Ruben Neves approaching a price rise. Yeah, interesting. Cheap option in midfield. Not totally convinced on his um, returns all season. He had a couple of long-range shots against City, which nearly crept in. So we might yeah. see a few of those. Okay, Iceman, should we uh, go to social media? Yeah, we can do. So we've answered uh, a few of the questions going on so far. So we've got one here from YNWA. But just played a wild card for game week three, but it turned out bad as he only scored 43 points. So from number one in his mini league to 22. So he's really, he's getting impatient now. Who are the must haves? He's asking best bargains and preferred formations. So let's, let's go through the must haves. So who do you think a must have stack? Um, in defense, I'm a pretty Big in this order of a lot, you know, Mendy, Alonso, Robertson. Uh, and I honestly could, I have all three of them and I would honestly be recommending having all three. In midfield, I think Salah is pretty much the only player that you have, have to have and up front Aguero. Fair enough. And Bully? Yeah, Mendy for me, absolutely must have. Robertson for me is turning into that as well. Such good attacking returns. Up front at the moment, I definitely think Aguero, Salah in, in midfield. Beyond that, I can't really offer anybody different because I think there's great variability at the moment. I'm going to go with there are no must-haves in this game and you should oh. always remain flexible. Oh, lovely. Very, uh, very critical thinking there. Uh, yeah. So just to answer the best bargains, who, who, who's the best, cheapest value to have at the moment? Just just one player. Stag. Oh, no, I was hoping I might have a chance to think. Pressure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Pereira. Now. I'm going to double down. Pereira. Pereira at 5.1. And Bully. Um, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm thinking Wilson up top. I think Wilson up top. Yeah, that's exactly. Value at the moment. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to shout. Well, um, I've got arguments to be made based on the stats for Mitro up there as well. Yeah, yes. yeah, true. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the next question we've got on here from Knight in Rusty Armour. Nice name. Uh, so he's put, is it time to swap Lucas for Ericsson? Up, hashtag up the pot. Oh, he's put here, I meant that the other way around. So he's looking to swap uh, Ericsson, <laughs> Ericsson to Lucas. I was thinking that's a bit of a strange move. Yeah, I was like, how is this the time? Yeah. Is it just because September is starting? Like, what's yeah. <laughs> So sideways move of Ericsson to, to Lucas Mora, I would say no. I would say hang on as well. Yeah. Okay, and last question here from FPL Narwhale has put... How do I hit on chicks at the gym without being a creep? Mr. Norwell, that's always going to be very difficult when you've got a large horn. <laughs> a friend of yours, Stag? Nope, don't know. I just know what a narwhal is, the animal. Ah, I see. <laughs> I like that. Very strong. I've never heard of a narwhal. Narwhals are the, um, you know, the big, like, whale-type things with, like, a big, huge tusk that sticks out of their front. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just giggling now. I'm looking at the image. Yeah, they're like a they're a, a north an Arctic animal, I think, only in the Arctic. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So I I, I do not know Narwhal though. <laughs> no, no, nice knowledge. 
I would but, like to distance myself from Mr. Narwhal and his antics in the gym. But Bully, <laughs> you're you're a, you're a frequent gym goer, Bully. What's the um? How do you hit on chicks at the gym without being a creep? Come on. Yeah, the uh, the the thing that most guys do uh, in the gym is um, kind of lech on them from a distance, and they walk past them. Don't make eye contact. Really make it look like they're carrying two rolls of carpet under their armpits. And uh, don't make any eye contact. Don't speak to them, and then walk away saying "nailed it." So uh, that definitely works. That sounds good. Sounds yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, so and the key is the key is don't talk to them. <laughs> and that is the end of social media for this week. Thank you very much for all your questions. I beg to differ, Ice Man. What's in the feedback box? Ah, uh, the feedback box. Right, so we've got one here from uh, Mito21, the legend Mito21 has put, if Iceman is not smoking weed before the podcast, I will be disappointed. <laughs> I love to have a naturally sounding mellow voice like that without the help of a certain plant. Thank you, Mito. And there's also one here from Adam P has put, congrats on the milestone, guys. Uh, that's when we hit 100 last week. Did a massive spit take when you said Iceman dick. Still churning out golden moments, laughing emojis. Beautiful. So thank you for your feedback, guys. We appreciate that. And we'll hopefully read out some next week as well. Excellent. Love that. And uh, finally, Iceman, we've got Sexy Thoughts. Yeah, so Sexy Thoughts this week. He's also recorded. I think he's just going to record it for me now just to make it easier. So I'm just going to play that now. Sexy Thoughts. You know what's sexy this week? The Fantasy Football Surgery Slack channel. Unbelievable. I love it in there. So many cool guys, varying stats, people on a different time zone, so you always get an answer. Uh, it's a great place to be. My wild card is damn sexy, and it wouldn't have been sexy without Fantasy Football Surgery Slack Channel. Thanks, guys. You. Thank you, sexy, and thanks for bigging up our Slack Channel. Love that. It's actually becoming my favourite part of the pod. Yeah. I, I challenge you to find a, uh, another Fantasy Football podcast that has a piss break. <laughs> And, uh, and that feature. <laughs> I just don't think you will. It's, it's just not out there, mate. It's just not out there. Unique stuff. No, thanks once again, Brett. Absolutely loving it. Looking forward to that one again at the same time in our post-international recordings. Okay, so um, that actually brings us to the end of the podcast. That's all of our features. Before I say our goodbyes, I'll tell you how to get in contact with us. So as usual, if you like what you hear and you want to support us in what we're doing, you can support us on patreon.com forward slash fancy football surgery all support big or little is really appreciated again you've got opportunity to get involved with competitions on there get some unique interview content with uh, some of our established guests as well as getting involved in the slack channel and joining other little mini leagues and competitions we've got going on so come and enjoy the fun join our mini league in general 225-369 uh, visit the website fancyfootballsurgery.com uh, you know how to get in contact with us on the social media sites so Facebook you can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes as well give us a rating review tell us what you like and don't on there um, and up the pod on Reddit and on Twitter which is our main source of discussion it's at ff underscore surgery you can also email any feedback comments complaints or confusions or if you just need life advice on the Iceman FF Surgery Podcast at yahoo.com so now you know how to get in contact with us it's actually time for us to say goodbye so i want to thank our guest stag it's been awesome having you on yeah, thanks guys it's been brilliant thanks so much for having me on i've had a good time tonight yeah it's been really really good um if people want to ask you questions about fpl or, or just life in general or how to cope in ireland you know how, how would they get in contact with you 
Yeah, I'm particularly good on that final subject. Uh, no more than yourselves. My main source of discussion is on Twitter at FPL Stag. You'll also usually find in my pinned tweet my article for that game week there too. Loving it, yeah. Well worth getting involved with the Stag, man. So give him a shout. Iceman, it's that time of the pod again where I ask you any final words of wisdom for our listeners that are going to help guide them through the, the turmoil of life. Um, don't go to Icelandic places. <laughs> Are there narwhals in Icelandia? <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I yeah. have a national mascot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of is a really perfect one for it, really, isn't it? There we go. Well, we've learned something new there. Narwhals are in Icelandia. And um, from all of us here on the Fantasy Football Surgery podcast, good luck in the game week. We'll speak to you again very soon. Pod. Hugh Electro Funk Pop Music Playout. <laughs>